Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Travels hostess. Tonight we have a road trip with the panda. Yeah. Still haven't changed it. I see what you did there. We have a road trip. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Hello. So tonight our road trip is to Hollywood, California. Hollywood, Hollywood. Yes. City of Angels. Well, created angels. That's Los Los Angeles. Uh, But Hollywood. Well, it's there. It's there. Okay. You can't go to Hollywood unless you go to LA. Can you, though? You have to. It's surrounded by LA. (laughs) And tonight, the panda is doing the driving. Yes. Yes. She doesn't like my driving, anyways, (laughs) in real life. No. So she lets me have this moment. Yes. And. Speaking of Hollywood, speaking of City of Angels, and speaking of murder, (laughs) yeah, murder, true crime. Tonight, Panda is taking us on a road trip to discuss the Black Dahlia murder. The Black Dahlia murder. Yeah, dear. All right, buckle in. Oh gosh. Yes. Anytime. So I guess the best way to start this is to talk about, we'll just hashtag spoilers. We're talking about the victim. The victim. Her name is Elizabeth Short. She was born July 29th, 1924. She's from Massachusetts. She is one of five daughters. She is the daughter of Cleo and Phoebe. Cleo and Phoebe? Phoebe Short. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth goes by Beth as well. So if I say Beth, that's who I'm referencing to okay. Elizabeth. Beth. Yeah, it's a pretty normal childhood for about as good as you can get right, that this time period. Okay. But except her father was a, a little tidbit is was a miniature golf designer. Okay. Course designer. And everything goes good until about 1929 when, if you know your history. 1928, yeah. 29? No, 28. The Great Depression? Well, the stock market crashes in 28. Oh, the Great Depression. We get, okay. Okay. Fine. All fine. Right. We'll, okay. we'll leave it up to the, the viewers. All right. <laughs> or listeners. <laughs> or Wikipedia out there. <laughs> Regardless, the depression's on, and Cleo, the miniature golf enthusiast, creator, commits suicide by leaving his car at a bridge. They find the car, and they don't find his body. And it was very accustomed for people to jump off this bridge. And this is Massachusetts. I'm sorry. Okay. So daddy commits suicide. Daddy's gone. All right. So Phoebe, the mom, takes on multiple jobs, gets through the depression, and raises the kids. Uh, she had help from other people too, but she she did a lot. So 
So, so everyone else, you know, they ended up having, you know, pretty, as normal as you can in childhood with daddy committing suicide, Great Depression, whatever. And Beth actually becomes a fairly popular person. She's actually, she's, she got black hair, and she had, apparently her biggest feature about her was her blue eyes. She's got beautiful blue eyes. Everyone who talked about her said she was kind. She never was, you know, really bad or rowdy or nothing. She was lively, even though she had, like, asthma and some, some kind of breathing problems. But she still, you know, made the best of it. So she was a pretty, pretty good person. A couple years go by, and about 1843, we find out that Cleo's alive. Oh. The father's alive. Daddy didn't commit suicide. Daddy didn't commit suicide. He writes a letter to Phoebe stating that he's alive in California. What an asshole. So, so he, he says he feels awful. And he he feels, should. Yeah. What <laughs> so a bastard. He, he tells, uh, tells her to come bring the family to California. Oh, my God. But Phoebe stands across. She says, hell no. You ditched us in, like, the worst time. And so she does flat out says no. And no one goes out there until he contacts Beth. And Beth, who's now older, she's about 18 now, she decides to go out there and live with him. So she goes out to California, but with this, she already she's she's a big fan of cinema. She's you know she's already into all that. So she has you know every young girl dream, every grandeur plans of becoming Miss a starlet. Right. And so you know these are rough times, especially in nineteen the forties. Well, we're still in the war. Right. World War Two. Well, we're nineteen forty three. We're in it. Yes. The war is happening, and you know the only thing that's still going is movies. Movies are still happening. Oh, and baseball. Well. Girls baseball. girls baseball, yeah. Well, she can't really play sports with asthma, so. <laughs> so she has. But yes, the movies. Yes. So she's like, this doesn't seem like a bad idea. So it was like a foolproof plan, like every teenager's plan, right? Right. Foolproof. Can't go wrong. Correct. <laughs> so she flies out to California to go live with her dad, but not even a year goes by. Like, it's like six months, and they already have problems. The father accuses her of being lazy, not helping. And they just fight constantly. Apparently. The father that abandoned his family. Correct. Has the gall to accuse his daughter, who probably had to work her ass off to put help mom. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no way they didn't. What an asshole. So either way, he accuses her of all these things and eventually just kicks her out. Okay. And now she's not laid by herself. But she's she's tough enough to go get her own job as cashiers, whatever, waitress, whatever's out there. She just... She goes through it. She does it, man. She's living in, she's living out there. She's doing her job. She's okay. doing it. She's making it. Um, and she and she's just living her life. She's not really getting a lot of acting jobs because she's focused on working. Um, but she ends up you know making friends, everything else. There's even one, and, but she's still only eighteen. But you know she's still living her life. But she actually ends up getting in trouble once when she goes out with a couple of her friends. She actually gets arrested. She, uh, and she gets fingerprinted and photo- photographed. This kind of come back later. Okay. But this is, you know, she's she's in the judicial system now. Okay. <laughs> she's a, She actually gets sent back to Massachusetts because they have the power in the 1940s to send women back wherever they want, uh, I guess. Uh. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, she actually goes back to L.A. She doesn't, doesn't stop her. She still wants to be a an star, actress. Right? Yeah, okay. she wants to be a star. Uh, And she goes down there. Um, and she actually falls in love with with a military man, and they're hitting off. But he actually gets sent to Europe, so it's like, all right, 
whatever. And then she lives, she falls in love with another man. He's another military man. And he actually gets sent to, I think, India is what it is. Okay. To it's because it's closer to Japan. It, yeah, it's weird. I know, India I don't, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know where you're going with. He gets sent <laughs> over there. I tell you, dude, it's weird. Okay. He goes over there. Either way, is they're gonna get married. They're gonna do the whole thing, and then he dies in a plane crash two weeks before Japan r- surrenders. Oh. So before the war. Nineteen forty-five. Then. Yeah. Okay. So this is, she's a little more grown up still. Okay. But yeah, he dies, and then she goes to this you know big mourning because you know she's lost the love of her life. But she like she mourns. She even says she. She had a miscarriage with her child. They were they were already married. She's making all these lies and stuff. And she's I don't know. Maybe she wants attention. Maybe she's just trying to get that breakthrough. But at the same time, it's like why? Because everyone's lost a loved one. Right. Right. So she's a little drama queen. Well, <laughs> but I mean, why? I, you yeah. know, one of the things I just think about is how little women had opportunity to how very little opportunity there was for women to even just do simple things i mean if you look at our appliances today versus the appliances they had in the 40s i mean it took you all day to do laundry i take five minutes to drop everything in if that and then maybe later washer dryer you know and it does the work for you but in the 1940s moms and women and young ladies were basically tied to their home help their family out, whatever, whatever. But my point is, is that, you know, imagine just having to just be stuck somewhere like COVID, but that's your whole world and you've got nobody really paying any attention to you. You're who, you have to go out and, you know, basically break rules to even get a little attention to yourself. So, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me that, you know, she's may or may not be ad-libbing her life. Yeah, this I mean, is pretty boring. Right. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I never. I, if I was back alive back then, I probably wouldn't have to deal as much. I'd probably be out there. Well, you probably the goddamn be Nazis. Yeah, the goddamn Nazis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd probably be fucking. <laughs> either way, but she she pulls through. Obviously, she makes it because you know things still have to happen. Um, but Sad you know, things. But yeah, st- but she still she still doesn't have a home. She can't afford a home, so she's still moving around. There's even a time where she she's even spent the night in a theater. Because uh, her friends like practice theater, do whatever, just you know, some whatever, just hanging out. Okay. But then she wakes, she's just asleep there. And then, like one girl walks in, she sees her sleeping there, and asks her to come live with her instead of sleeping at the theater, which is kind of weird because I don't normally do that, especially now. No. I mean, unless you really know the person. Right. But I mean, the girl was very nice enough to bring her in and whatever. But I mean, even though that doesn't last, she still moves to boarding houses, just random places to live, whatever. But she actually ends up going to Chicago, and she finds her first love. The first love was name is Finkling. Finkling. Finkling? Not right, Ray Finkel? Fink, Fink, yeah, Fink, and then Ling. Okay, Finkling. Finkling, yeah. The other guy who died was, it was Gordon. Okay. So Finkling's back in her life, and she's in Chicago, and she, she went with her with some friends to hang out in Chicago, because that's what people do, I guess. Yeah? I don't know. And then... Her trip with the... Future Black Dahlia? Yeah. <laughs> the future road trip with the victim. Yeah. So, yeah, and then she's rekindling. She's like, no, I still want to be a star. I don't want to settle down anymore. I, must, I made the decision. So she goes back to Hollywood. Okay. 
So then she ends up staying in a boarding house with this guy named Manson. He's an alright guy. Allegedly, she didn't really pay rent, but uh. she would stay in the room with the girlfriend and the Manson. Okay. Manson's girlfriend. I mean, uh, this no official rent. record because okay. she didn't pay rent. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, you know, you get by. Right. But she one night. Manson and his girlfriend come back home or to the house, and she's like crying. She's like super upset, and she's she's saying, "I gotta go, I gotta go, I can't stay here anymore." She's and they're like, "What the hell's going on?" Whatever. And so she bounces. She bounces to like San Diego, and she meets up with a guy named Manly. Now, Manly apparently is just a tr- total douche. He has a wife already. Yeah. She's pregnant. The wife is pregnant. Wife is pregnant. He's not pregnant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, versus her. So apparently Manly and uh 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 Miss Short kinda they never he claims but he can talk all the talk he talks now because you know, she's not around. Right. But you know, he claimed they never did anything, but they mm-hmm. were just associates and liar. Right. So on the f- January eighth, I believe it is. January eighth. The la- one of the last nights you see Miss Short. In Beth. his? So it was at the hotel. What hotel? I don't know the hotel. <laughs> it's a hotel. Okay. Uh, they're actually in L.A. This Who's time. they? Mr. Manley and Beth. Okay. So police, you know, because this is the, one of the last, you know, sightings of Miss Beth. Right. You know, he claims uh, she slept on the chair and he slept on the bed. Just for the record, yes. Right. Mm. Just so we know. Mr. Manley says this. Was he a rich man? (sighs) He was a better, well-made man, like, money-wise, yes. Okay. So, the last time he sees her is when they go to the Greyhound station, and she's going to get on a bus. And that's it. That's the last time he sees of her, or so he claims. Were there other witnesses to confirm this? Right. There was hotel staff, and there was the bus station staff. Okay. But no one saw her get on the bus. Okay. So, January 15th, so a week goes by. A mother and her kid are walking, just walking, and they come across an abandoned lot, and at first they see uh, what they claim to be a mannequin on the side of the, the road, basically, or in this lot. And you know, nothing to it, but then they look at it again, and the woman just screams. She grabs her kid, and they run, and they call the police. And so, hashtag spoilers, it's Miss Short. So the reason why they thought it was a mannequin is because the body is pale white, like, like super white. Like she's white already, but she's like, like, there's no color to her. And there's lacerations cut up on her body. There's bruises on her her head and her face. And her body is posed basically in a, in, a, in a sexual manner. Her legs are spread open. She's completely naked, completely nude. Her body's, her legs are spread open, but still her legs were kept up, propped up, and her hands back. So, like, as if, you know. She was. Right. Like, you were in a sexual manner. Okay. So, but the worst, I mean, and then, you know, there was no blood there. No blood anywhere. So her body is, is clean. Clean. Okay. Correct. There'll be besides the bruises, lacerations, it's all across her body. Like, 
And there's even the the glass close smile, which is best described as uh, if you ever watch The Dark Knight with the Joker, mm-hmm. where he's got the you know he's got the sm- the red the smile, j- the Joker smile right. from, and if it goes from basically the ear to the to the the, the dimple of your mouth, uh-huh. so that was cut. So there was a laceration of making making a huge smile on her face. So from ear to cheek or ear to dimple, ear to dimple, of a straight up like someone jagged that in there. Okay. And then the worst part about it was, is that after you know people see it, the body's actually cut in half. Cut in half, so the bottom half it's like right in the midsection, like right above the belly button, that area. So it's two halves of a body put together, you know, not just put there. But still posed, posed. But no blood, no blood, just the body, and and it's 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 awful, you know. And that this this is this never happened in public. No one's seen a body like this in public. Like this is a this is this is big. Like holy shit, right? This is fucked up. So, <laughs> Manly, what was her destination for the bus? San Diego. Okay, so. She was in L.A. She was in L.A. So they they because L.A. and San Diego are about hour two hours away from each other. What was she gonna do in San Diego? Whatever she wanted. She's a free woman. She's about twenty something now. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why? What does she have in San Diego? He was San. He's, Diego. He lives in San Diego. So but she also went to Chicago just for the hell of it with her friends. No, um, that's I'm just saying San Diego wasn't her hub. Los Angeles was her hub. Right. So why would you go to San Diego? After spending the night with your boyfriend maybe. in your city that you live in, I don't, doctor, I don't know. Maybe she had plans to I'm go by the hotel. I'm just saying it doesn't sound right. But she's still at the station. There's witnesses. They're saying you know she's gonna go there and everything else. So, but nobody saw her get on the bus. The bus driver didn't see her. Well, yeah, they're like, well, the, the bus driver's not gonna keep track of where everyone's going. I'm assuming. All right. So, <laughs> so the body's there. It's cut in half. No blood anywhere. The body's what pales, pales ever. Now, did they ever determine why she her body was pale? Yes. So the police, you know, showed up at the scene and everything else. But the problem with it too is it really sucks because you know they're not used to this kind of thing. Is that everybody shows up? The press, the public wants to see the the massacred body, the naked naked massacred body. So the whole the whole crime scene is just trashed because people are just showing up. And, you know, there's no one there to stop it. And then, like, so the chief shows up and says, hey, everyone needs to back the hell up. Like, this is a legit crime scene, even though they don't, they've never really dealt with this kind of thing. Right. So they're like, okay, everyone needs to back up, leave this alone so we can do our job. So they so they take care of business, right? Get away, and they take the body back to the station to do an autopsy. Okay. So in the autopsy, she was killed to the head. Killed to the head? So, you know, struck to the head. She was okay. killed by brain, you know, hemorrhages to the head. Do they know what was used? No. Okay. So the reason why the body was pale, there was no blood there, is because all the blood was drained. The blood was drained from Beth. Now, do they think it was like, do they think she was cut in half post-portum? Like after? Yes. Every, all the, they, they, they're assuming a lot of the Damage was done post mortem. Okay, and the, the the weird thing about it was is that for one, the, the blood is gone. 
Straight up, somebody drained the blood. Right. All the blood. And, but there was no blood at the crime scene. There's no blood on her. So she's actually clean. I mean, besides doing you know, the cuts and bruises. But the other thing is, too, she's also clean with gasoline. So at the time, the idea was, I don't know if how true it is. I'm not a forensic expert. But if you clean things with gasoline, you could not get fingerprints, which I guess turned out to be true because they couldn't lift any fingerprints off the body. Okay. Now, fingerprints were a big thing, or 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 was still a big thing, but you know it's not where it is now. Right. We could just look up somebody, which which is why you know now even then they you know they rested Elizabeth short, got her fingerprints, and everything else. So the whole body's coming up. I mean, everywhere, like even in the the nether regions, the private area. Yes. Okay. So they they couldn't determine whether or not there was any. Sperm in there, or any sexual assault assault down there, but they're assuming there was because the 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 vagina seemed to be fine, but it was still clean with gasoline inside and out. But the buttock portion, the buttock portion, <laughs> was slightly in, expanded. Okay, and it was also clean with gasoline, so the, they're assuming that she was a, she was sodomized, sexually, right? Okay. So, but there was no sperm. There was nothing there to say that was in there. So, basically, she goes unaccounted for for seven days. Correct. January 8th is the last day we see her, and January 15th is when we see her body. Okay. And so, whoever gets a hold of her basically has seven days to... um, Do what they do. Correct. Correct. Now, the other weird part about it, too, is when she's... Cut in half, it's she's cut in half in a very precise location to where it doesn't break any bones or causes other damage that is unnecessary. Well, they do have to cut the spinal cord, obviously. Correct, but there's a spot there on the spinal cord where if you cut that spot, it's a clean cut. Like so, then the person knows what they're doing. Correct. So they that's what kind of gives the police the clue that this person has some sort of medical knowledge of this. Okay. Like a surgeon or somebody. Now, going back theory of assaults, do they think her body was, I mean, if her bottom portion, her anal area was enlarged, uh-huh. do they think she was alive when she was assaulted? They don't know. Okay, well, that well, would be my assumption, which well, is they do They do notice in the pubic area, too, that there's lacerations in the pubic hair, and the pubic hair was actually pulled out. So, like, it was ripped out. All of her pubic hair? No, some. Oh, okay, okay. But there's still lacerations down there, too. Oh. Some of the experts were saying that, you know, this this is a sort of regression, that they wanted this. And that's what it comes down to. Do you think they knew the person? They wanted to take some sort of revenge back on her? Because that, I mean, that, because they, you know, they wanted her to, to be punished for what she's done or did to that person some way. But it didn't sound like she was that kind of a, a bad person. Right, she wasn't a bad person. So who would do this to but, her? But she, she's, she's, she's well liked. She's, I don't think she's like that attractive or nothing because I've seen the pictures before she was, you know, right. And I, I mean, it's whatever. But you know, to these people, to everyone back then, she was a very fine woman. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what the police were trying to was trying to assume because they can work with both angles. It's like this could be a complete stranger who just happened to pick her up, and would only do this because they didn't know this person, so they have no remorse in doing such a thing. Or they wanted to do this because of of she was just the victim. She was just the victim. The so rando picked her 
completely random. That, I mean, random. that's what you want to think, yeah. So either you know the person or you don't. Okay. So, so at this point, they've done the autopsy. There's nothing at the crime scene at first. And so now the, the LAPD are like, well, what the hell? What do we do? We have no leads. We don't know who this person is. So they haven't identified who it is yet. So what ends up uh, happening is the press, uh, the Herald Express. So the Herald Express, the owner is actually very, very rich and real well-connected. So he actually makes a, he actually talks to the police, the chief of police, the LAPD, and is like, hey, we could help each other out. I want rights to the story, the first grab of the story and stuff, and I will use my reporters to help investigate. Help investigate. Okay. Now the chief of police doesn't really want to do it, but, you know, he, he doesn't have much choice. He they have no leads. They don't know who this woman is. So they, they end up helping him out. So the, the press actually helps out. So they actually end up taking the fingerprints of Elizabeth Short, who's mm-hmm. still unknown at this time, Jane Doe at this point, and they actually help what they use is called a sound photo, which is like the, like the primitive fax machine. So they actually use that to get that to the FBI. So then the FBI receives it, and because she was arrested back in wherever so, for when she was underage drinking with her friends, they connect it. So they find out who it is. So they go, oh, this is Elizabeth Short. Based on her fingerprints and photos, this is her. Because mm-hmm. nobody knows she is. She's not big and slowly, which not whatever. She had to think of maybe like two modeling gigs. So now they have a person. So they're like, okay, now we need to find out who, you know, where she's from, whatever. So they say no. Backwards. Okay. say no. Massachusetts. So what ends up happening is the reporter, a reporter from the Herald Express, uh, actually goes to Massachusetts to where Phoebe is, the mom, and actually because they want to know all this, everything about her, about Elizabeth Short. Right. So what they do is the reporter he doesn't want to tell her that her her daughter is dead because you know the mom is very proud of her for getting out, doing something, and making her life the best she can or whatever. Uh, she goes over there and she tells the mom that she's won a beauty pageant in L.A. Uh. So the mom's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you everything you want to know about Elizabeth. So they, so he gets all the information about her, where she's from, what she's doing, you know, everything else. And then, then he tells her at the end of the interview, like, okay, the real reason I'm here is to tell your, your, your daughter's dead. And the mom doesn't believe it. She, uh. she literally doesn't believe him. She's like, okay, whatever. And she's probably furious or whatever. So he leaves. So then the chief of police finds out that she doesn't believe that her daughter's dead. So he calls the Medford police, which is where she's at in Massachusetts. And the Medford police have to tell her, the mom, that she's dead. Well, for one, I mean, this is not norm. This is not the norm. People dying, being murdered, being just assaulted in such a vicious way is not the absolute norm in the 1940s. So, I mean, first, the mom's all excited about the, the daughter winning the pageant. My daughter's doing so great. I'm going to get this interview. And then she, what do you, what do you mean she's dead? Of course, the immediate thought is, this is a joke. What are you doing? Right. So, it's very unfortunate. Yes. It's very shitty. So, that happens. The next big thing is the press actually get the tip, an anonymous tip, that uh, Elizabeth Short's trunk, like she was her luggage that she was going to use, contains a lot of her friends' photos, photos of her, just her personal belongings and stuff. And so the press, one of the reporters, goes and finds the missing trunk. 
So because I'm assuming it's because it was set up to go to San Diego or whatever, but no one's there to pick it up, so it's just kind of lost and it's all transit. Mm-hmm. But they go to find it. They find the trunk and they find the pictures, and <laughs> now they have the pr- the press has their her picture, and then they start printing the the murder. So then it's actually the press who deems it the Black Dahlia murder. Now this is a reference to a movie that came out like nine months before the murder called The Blue Dahlia. So it was a movie. And the reason why they call it The Black Dahlia is, one, she had black hair, and there's another thing that goes around that she used to wear black to a local store sometimes. So, I mean, but it's just it's just a catchy thing. They're the Black Dahlia. Right. It's just catchy. So the, Jack the Ripper. Right, they're going to make a nickname for this. So that's the one they went with as a reference. It's just a little tidbit to The Blue Dahlia, which was also a, a crime movie. Okay. So it's just the timing of it. So now that we know who they know who Elizabeth Short is, they get more details about her, and they still don't really have any leads. But you know, the LAPD and the press are still working together to a point. The press is getting the best out of this because they're getting the publicity, they're buying the newspapers. Well, they're also sounds like they're doing the hard work. Yeah. yeah and for, to be fair, right, this is not a normal crime. So. Right. So they're de- yeah, they go from dealing with drunk stars or you know, right, domestic crimes and some you know murder too. But this, nothing of this extent. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, there's not much you can really expect. So, on January 27th, there's a, there's a, there's a phone call that the press actually receives from Ronald's caller. He states that he is not happy on how the story is being told about his murder. Oh. And so, you know, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, you're the real murderer, whatever. I mean, you can say this all you want. He's like, I can prove it. And so literally the next day, there's a package with Elizabeth Short's belongings. Her birth certificate, business cards, photos of her, and just like stuff that you know you don't have, especially a birth certificate. Okay, well, this is curious because if I were to spend the night with my married boyfriend, I don't normally bring my birth certificate. But again, well, she's also doesn't have a place to live, and she's also living on the coast, so she kind of has to carry it around. Right. So somebody somehow they got a hold of it. So maybe she had a, she keeps it on her purse or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, and there's also a address book with the name Manson on the front. So if you remember Manson, Manson was the guy with the boarding house that she was paying free rent to. Okay. So that becomes kind of their their first suspect. You know, they they talk to her, and that's how they find out that, you know, she was in distress one day, and she left and never came back. Per them. Per them. Per the girlfriend and the guy. And so the uh, that's because they're the suspect. And at this time, too, is is that they actually find her a shoe of Elizabeth Short and her handbag, I believe what it was, at, at, at like around the area. It was like in a trash can. From the crime scene. Okay. So Manson. Okay. The suspect, which they you know they lead to finding out that Manly is the other guy. So they also think Manly might be a suspect too. Okay. So you know he he describes so like you know he tells them what happened, but he actually has an alibi for you know where were you uh, last time you saw her? He's like, well, I actually went back home to my wife. So, but she and she vouched for him that you know she was oh, home well. that she he, that he was home in San Diego. Sure, the wife. Mm. Right. So, but you know, to be fair, hashtag spoilers. 
Uh, he actually goes like insane, like for realsies. His later wife, in life, later or? like yeah, not too far in life. So he actually ends up like putting put in an asylum and stuff. Okay. He starts hearing voices and stuff. Uh, is it guilt? It might have been. But I mean, again, he would ha- if he doesn't know how to cut someone in the precise spot. Right. Well, that's the problem is that there's nothing there that concrete proves that he would have done it. Why he would have done it? Uh, I mean, he. I mean, he. Why? But, but where it, do, it just it doesn't. You work. would need a place with these types with very specific instruments, medical yes. instruments that would help you do these things. I mean, to be able to cut your spinal cord without cutting a bone, that is precision. Right. That is so that's where this word comes into play. Okay. So they're assuming this guy has to have some sort of medical practice, medical degree of some sort. Some or type, some, something, something, anything. So that's why that guy's not really a suspect. That's why Hanson's not, Manson's not really a suspect. So they're just kind of like, ah, these guys are kind of whatever. Doesn't really say they would have done it. But because of Manley's description of her with what she was wearing the last time he saw her and stuff like that, they find a shoe that matches her shoes and the bag that matches her stuff. So it matches. So they found it by the crime scene. So that means to them, to the police, that now that the, the person, the killer must be in, at least some sort of driving or walking distance of that spot. Okay. So because of that, they also get another, they get a letter this time. Okay. So you know your typical, the cutout magazine thing. The letters. Okay. Correct. That's where this was originated from. Okay. Because this son of a gun does that. He sends a letter with the magazine cutout words. Why does he do that? Because he's, uh, I guess he's confident. I don't know. That's what he does. But he, he doses the gasoline, or he, he, he swabs it with gasoline again okay. so they can't get any fingerprints off it. Did he do that to the package? <sighs> I'm assuming so because they didn't get anything off of the package either. Okay. So it just it's safe to assume everything he does, he's cleaning with gasoline. So then he has some sort of knowledge or understanding. Right. So, and so at this point... So now they've narrowed it down to an area, hopefully, of where it could be. But the letter that they receive, one of the letters they receive is he would turn himself in if he gets 10 years in prison. He's, he says, like, I'll, I'll turn myself in if you give me 10 years. Stop, look, stop looking for me. So, it's got, so, I mean, to me, that seems like he's kind of spooked. They're like, hey, they're going to catch me or whatever, and then I'm fine. Right. I'm just right. like, let's play this. Let's end this now. <sighs> right. But then... They still don't find them, still looking. They don't, uh, because there's no way to communicate with him. He's the one in control here. Right. So I think he realizes that because he ends up sending more letters. Okay. He just ends up sending, like, poems or, like, you know, weird deciphered messages. So now the LAPD, you know, it's already has help from other, you know, investigative units, like FBI and everything else. But now, that, like, there's other police agencies trying to cipher these codes and maybe possibly to a code somewhere else. Somewhere else. So they're, they're doing county police, sheriffs, I mean, everything. You got to use all tools at their disposal to help figure this out. Right. But nothing. Still nothing. All the letters are down to gasoline, everything else. And then word gets out that these, these letters are coming in. So now, now this is where all the copycats and the hoax and everything else. So people start calling in. So people start saying, I'm the murderer. I'm doing this and that. You know, and it's hard to, to for them to... Uh, tell the difference between what's real and what's not, especially with these now made letters. Because everybody, people even turn themselves in. They literally turn themselves in. Oh, I think I got drunk one night and I did know Elizabeth, 
you know, stuff like that. And they're like, no, come on. Like. Well, this is terrible because, I mean, I mean, it's vulgar, actually. These people trying to make a name for themselves. Right. This, this is a chance to be a star in Hollywood by being the Black Dahlia murderer. Right. What's the fucking degenerates? Right. So now that doesn't help the police at all. The police still have no real clues or anything else to help catch whoever. And that's and that's where it kind of lays. So, like, at the beginning of the, the, the investigation, and after they found more information and stuff, they did a doc, someone probably has a doctor degree or or some sort of medical practice or, the, you know, just a crazed loved one or whatever, they had over 100 suspects. I mean, and they they, they don't know. But she, I mean, she did, I don't say she got around, but she was, you know, she was just out there. She was doing her own thing. For one, to me, it doesn't make any sense that huh. she would get on a bus from her hub in L.A. to go to San Diego. Why not? I mean, maybe she wants to go to the beach. Maybe she doesn't like L.A. beaches. But she also gets found in the clothes that she's, or the she's shoe and her her purse are the same shoe and the same purse that she's last seen wearing. Right. Which indicates that whatever happened to her happened to her either before she got on the bus. I mean, who drives, who finds a victim in San Diego and brings them all the way to L.A.? She's in L.A. already. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Even if she got on the bus Uh and goes to San Diego, Uh who picks someone up, drives to L.A. just to drop her off in an abandoned lot? It doesn't make any sense. That is not logical. For somebody who did all these terrible things to her, have the skill to do all these things. Why drive her to L.A. That uh, from Sandy? That just that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. What you're, trying to say. you're trying to say it badly did it? I don't think. I don't know. So I don't know why you're trying to say that the killer came from San Diego. Well, I'm saying the only person who, well, you said the staff for the bus station saw her as well. Correct. Saw her or saw him buy the ticket? Because those are two separate things. Uh, I don't know who bought the ticket. I don't okay. remember. I just know that it was confirmed that she was at the Greyhound station. The okay. Greyhound. That's why when I read it, I was like, the Greyhound's been around for well, a while. Well, maybe after she and a Manly, you know, you know, parted ways, she walked away. Right. She There's nothing stopping her from going out, getting a drink or something, doing whatever. Right. And Or maybe she ran into somebody she knew or whatever. I don't know. We just don't know. Because nobody knows. All right. So... Well, I mean, uh, just looking at the suspects, there was a lot of notable suspects. Uh, and then, like, but it's it's just the case goes cold pretty fast because they can't they'll have any evidence to pinpoint anybody and who they suspect. Now, the biggest suspect that I see that keeps popping up a lot is a man named George Hodel, Hodel, or Hodel. I don't know how to say his name. H O D E L. So this guy is kind of a weirdo. He is a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, when I looked him up, is is he doesn't really have like any relation with with Beth. He's just a weirdo. He lives in L A area. He's from that area. And the guy, apparently, he 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 has a daughter, and he has a son. So allegedly, or I think it was confirmed. Sorry, I should say allegedly. Basically, sexually assaulted his daughter 
when she was younger, about 14-ish. And he was accused of that and everything else, but he's still out there. And he's just uh, just kind of a well-known, kind of, kind of off-putting guy. So the police actually investigate him quite a bit. And they actually accumulate because it makes sense for him to, he's got the, the kind of nat- the natural predatory kind of disposition. Right. So they kind of see that. Okay. Like, okay, well, let's roll with it and see where this goes. And they have gathered enough evidence, especially with the, the, the child case, they actually wiretap his house. So they bug his house. So they have the technology to do that. So they bug his house and they listen. Instance is like, one night, his, uh, so they figure out that it's his secretary. Secretary shows up at his house, and they uh, they do things. And then, like, at midnight, she starts screaming. And then she stops screaming. So they hear rustling over the over the, the wiretap, whatever. I'm not sure how they do it. It's not like when they sit in the van, I don't think. And I think they have to put it there, and they have to go get the tape recording or something. I'm not sure how they do it. Okay, okay. Right. I, I'm not the FBI back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> not a G-man. Right. So they, they they tap the house and everything, and they're investigating, it, and then they hear that, and then they get really interested because they're like, we heard, we know, we know, we know something's wrong. So they're investigating even more, and then they hear they hear another thing about her, about him just talking to somebody, and or like maybe he was just talking to himself. They don't really know. It's just weird. He's just a weird guy. He's talking to someone. Well, did the sec- secretary survive? No, did she's she just- gone. She apparently dri- died of a drug overdose. The same night. Around the same time, oh. but there's no evidence to prove that he did it. Like they have the recording, right? But it's not enough, I guess. Whatever. Okay. And so they actually catch him burning some of her stuff because now they're risking you know, the murder of her, trying to figure it out. Like why would she be dead? And they hear this, it all kind of puts it together, and then they catch him burning stuff. It turns out she was going to blackmail him. And to do it, she was going to come forward, but he got to her first. I mean, I mean, this is all, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, he did it. Okay. I'm just going to say he did it. Killed the secretary and killed Elizabeth. Well, I don't know about the Elizabeth part, but. <laughs> the secretary. Right, at least the secretary, but at least that. So then it's like, okay, so this guy, now the police are like, this guy has definitely got the capability to do some stupid shit, some crazy shit. And then there's even a. There's even a recording. He's like, where is it? How's it go? It goes like, he doesn't. He doesn't admit to do the Black Dahlia murder, but he says the words Black Dahlia murder. Like you know, like it almost sounds like he knows it's there because especially after all this, mm-hmm. I think he knows his house is tapped. Mm-hmm. So he says the words, you know, if I was the Black Dahlia murder, this is how I would have done it, and this is how I got away with it. But he doesn't admit to it. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird. So he's taunting. Right, and that's something the Black Dahlia murder would have done with the, especially with these letters. Right, you know, his behavior is his behavior is right there. Uh-huh. But and that, but there's still nothing there. So I mean, I mean, just on my research, I mean, I had to look at all the suspects, but this guy pops up a lot, especially because his son, his name is uh, uh, Scott Scott Hodell. He had to be a cop. He was growing up to be a cop for like twenty something years. He's actually a good cop or whatever. Um, he actually accuses his father of being the Black Dahlia murder. He even writes a book in like 2003, or it publishes in 2003, 2004. It's about how his dad is the murderer, and 
how he he did it or how he thinks he did it. So that means that, I mean, there's a lot of suspects. There's even a bellhop boy that the police like interview, interview because he was at the hotel or whatever, right. and he he describes some things about the crime scene or with the crime of what was happening after the crime of what would happen. Right. So it's like, well, how would you know to do that? It's like, well, I, I read it in a, a true detective novel. Right. And then they're like, no fucking way. <laughs> so like the bellhop boy was under investigation for doing something like this. And then it just happened to be coincidental. Like, right. My understanding of this in situation is, you know, the, the mother and the child were walking. Right. They found her and found this them. cut yeah. in half. Right. Uh, the Joker smile. Right. Posed. And... I've not actually read too much. I knew she was uh, dating different military people, but the end result was that LAPD still has a room full of the evidence and all of the information they have for this, and it is completely sealed. They will not release anything, which gives a bad vibe to... Uh, Everything. Correct. Why do you keep this under lock and key? Because it gives the impression that they're protecting somebody of great importance. So was this Howdell guy of great importance? I mean, it doesn't make any sense why LAPD would refuse to relinquish or release or let other parties, even law enforcement parties, kind of try and get some closure to this case. I mean, this poor girl... This is the mid nineteen forties. I mean, coming back. But why kill Elizabeth Short? Exactly. And why not allow this mystery be resolved? I mean, this poor girl. She she deserves to have her story not only told but the truth. It's been literally seventy three years. Why does LAPD feel it necessary to keep under wraps everything that they have and not at least allow other agencies to gain access to try and solve this? I don't know. <laughs> well, because, you know, the thing with this too, here, here, here's my thought too, is why solve something when you can make money off of it? Like I said, the press getting a lot of publicity for this. You know, every, the spotlight's on Hollywood again. Because now, now, look, because now, because now, you know, you know how many stories and murders and everything else is now based off the Black Dahlia murder. You know, the unsolved mystery, you know, so like the Zodiac Killer. And it's up there now because it's so great. Gr- but, but it's only grand because the press made it so, because the city made it so. But imagine being that reporter that breaks the case. He's the guy that did it. Here's our proof. How many newspapers would that sell? It would go off the charts. But then the story's over. No, there's even more story because once you finger that guy, people are going to start looking at him and his background. And I mean. Nah, nah, because once you find the murderer, it's closed. This girl deserves justice. Once you read a book and you find out the ending, the ending's over. (laughs) That doesn't mean the story isn't over. You, the I mean, story's over because the murderer's been caught. No. If you leave the book open, leave it the open-ended book, you leave your People imagination to the rest. People refer to as, you know, 
as long, you know, this mystery may be as unresolved as long as uh, the Black Dahlia murder, 73 years, 75 years later. I mean, we have technology. This is how they caught the Golden State Killer DNA. We have the technology. They have the technology now to gleam DNA from a tub that you think, you know, because it's liquid, it washes everything right. away. The- they have the technology. So, like, they're, they're, I was I was looking at the thing where, like, they can basically reproduce cells. As long as they have some sort of healthy cells that's alive from, like, a like a pharaoh's tomb or whatever, they can recreate the idea of what something looked like or was or is because simply because of the, the healthy cells that they have. Correct. And it's just ridiculous. But you can't recreate something that was so poorly handled and that's the discredit mean, to the you know, LAPD, which is unfortunate because you know it's not like they were expecting something like this. No one can be prepared for something like this because it never happened. Correct. If it did happen, it was so. I mean, I mean, that's a given. That should be a given. Look, you didn't know what you were doing because you didn't have a type of um, procedure manual for this type of because it didn't happen. Right. This is the beginning of. Well, I would say it's the beginning, but it's it's it's. It's, it's the first in bringing it to the public eye. Now, did they find anything else? You said when they first went to the crime scene, did they go back and look at the crime scene and find yeah, anything? Yeah, best of went back because they, they find the stuff later. They find the shoe in the handbag. Oh, sorry, to go back to the, the Odell thing real quick before I forget the Odell thing. So what he says was, on his, on his, on his, one of his recordings was, uh, realize... Realized there was nothing I could do, put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket, get a taxi. Expired, 12.59. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, anyway, now they may have figured it out, killed her. He literally says those words. While being wiretapped. Yeah, that's a quote-unquote, his words. But I mean, it doesn't specify her. Well, (sighs) is that how they find... I, I guess that's how they get away with it. Okay. So the, the other thing is too is the the, the the where I said like you know if, if I was the black dahlia so he says supposing I did kill the black dahlia or I killed the, I did kill the black dahlia which is the black dahlia's Beth they couldn't prove it now they can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead <laughs> so I, those are literal quotes from a man who's sexually assaulted his daughter. Allegedly kill his secretary, and I guess he he gets accused by his son of other murders, like the lipstick murder and some other murder too. Apparently, I don't know, I don't know nothing about that, but because we're on the Black Dahlia, but okay. Do they find any murders that bear resemblance to mm-hmm. her murder later or before uh, outside of LA County? Well, every that's what I'm saying is that now the Black Dahlia murders happened. It sparks. Basically, like a murder revolution of murders. <laughs> so <laughs> like, people from there, because now of... people are like, oh, this this kind of sparks the idea of infamacy. Yeah, that's so. And then the girl doesn't even get justice. So she became famous in Hollywood. Oh yeah, she got she got what she wanted <laughs> in the worst possible way. Yeah. So she became a star. And now, I mean, because of her murders will the murder not only got away with it. But they aren't going to ever solve it. Allegedly. I mean, maybe maybe after someone dies or something happens, 
You'll get your justice with the I mean, politicians. Even <laughs> the United States government, they after seventy years, I think they have to release certain documents. Why is not? Why is that something not applicable? To I mean, let's say even if the criminal was twenty when that crime happened, seventy-seven years later, that criminal's now ninety-seven. Not only will we get some sort of closure, there would be some justice for the poor girl, but then we would know. But all right, well, thank you very, very, very much, Panda. Shifting gears and doing a little uh, business talk, I did want to remind everybody that I am doing a giveaway. A crime scene giveaway. So basically, because it's a giveaway, uh, no real trivia or hard questions to ask. All you need to do is send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com, letting me know what episode is your favorite. And of course, add your name and address. And I'll put you in the bucket. You're you. <laughs> it puts lotion on <laughs> or it gets the bucket again. No, I'm. <laughs> I'll put I'll print it out and put it in the bucket. I'm also on Facebook. So if you're curious, would like to join, send me a request. Final words, Panda. You keep sending me on these dark adventures. I will choose my own dark adventure next time. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. So here's a thought. Here's a thought. Okay. If you have an adventure for the panda to go on, if there's a a dark adventure, fun adventure, some type of adventure you'd like the panda to do research on and take us on a road trip on, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email again at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, panda? No. 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 Okay. She's dead. But we should honor her memory and solve her mystery. By making movies and billions of dollars off her death and sparking other murders. Or solving. But I guess without her, I wouldn't have a podcast, right? This is true. (laughs) Giving her a little justice. I don't think that's a bad idea. All right. So, until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. (laughs) 